Hi everyone, uh, I'm Prashant, founder of Veda.io, and today I'm back with another session on product management tech of the world. And today we are in Africa, Kenya, and today we have Charles with us. Charles has been working as a product manager for the last seven years almost, and before that software engineer. He worked in startups, he worked in payments, now he's working with Microsoft. Uh, we'll get to know more about his journey. And let's get to know what it is to be product manager in Kenya. So Charles, welcome to the uh, show. Uh, we would be talking for next 20, 25 minutes about your journey and product management and startup ecosystem in Nairobi and Kenya. So please introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you very much, Prashant, uh, for the very warm introduction. I'm really excited to be here and for this conversation today. Um, yeah, so I'm Charles Kibika, I'm a senior program manager at Microsoft uh, based in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, I've been in product for the last six, point seven years um, and really just passionate about the product management craft and um, um, you know, enjoy talking to people about product. Um, even if you know you're transitioning into product or you're already a product manager. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, thank you. Great, Charles. So Charles, uh, before I get into uh, Kenya and Africa product management, I saw that you have worked as multiple hats. You have been engineer and then you became product manager. You worked in a startup and then you joined Microsoft, which is one of the biggest organization in the world. So just want to know, because a lot of people shift from engineering to product management, how was your journey? How did it happen? Thank you for that question. So my transition was uh, quite interesting. I started, like I said, I started my career in uh, software engineering and I happened to you know, just start to get curious about who, who develops all these specs that engineers are told to develop. And I started to have opinions, some very strong about some of these specs. And I just started to question like, hey, why, why is this built like this? Or um, I think we can build this probably slightly better. Um, yeah, and I started having this desire to be part of that part of that discussion. I didn't even know there was something called product management. Uh, I had no clue, but I just had a strong desire to be you know, part of the table, you know, part of the discussions around these product decisions. So um, at the late stage of my engineering career, I got an opportunity to, to shadow a product manager. And with that opportunity, you know, it, it just drove my curiosity to like an insane level. And I started thinking about, hey, maybe I could actually transition to a product manager because, um, you know, getting that opportunity to shadow, um, to shadow the product manager I was working with, it just gave me that, you know, insight of, you know, what does it take to uh, you know, be a product manager on a day-to-day -day level, you know, and, being part of those discussions and, and whatnot. So, um, so the product manager I worked with, uh, unfortunately had to relocate. And because I had worked with her for such a long time, um, the company asked me to, 
step into her role um, or take on her role uh, temporarily as we figure out things. And you know that's that's how you transition. So it is it is a bit of a scary transition, but exciting at the same time. Um, one of the things I really leveraged was my technical skills from being an engineer. That was a really huge advantage for me because I was able to you know really connect to the engineers, the technical team, and I was really able to break down you know um, like uh, spec documents um, to to great detail. Um, for the engineers to work on. Um, and even to date, um, I do, <clears throat> I would say, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm really um, glad about is my engineering background. However, it's not it's not a, a mandatory thing for you to have to be a product manager, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think product manager, I'm from non-engineering background, but I spend time learning uh, software programming in my, early in my career uh, so that I can talk better to engineers as you mentioned, spec out better. Uh, over my journey, I have seen people coming from business, analytics, design background, or even customer success and sales people uh, moving to product. And I think they become specialized in one part. For example, if you are talking to shifting from a design background, you will be very focused on consumer products. When you are shifting from marketing background, you will be focused on growth product. When you are shifting from uh, engineering, you might become technical PM. So that kind of transition happens. And uh, Charles, you sh worked in startups and then you shifted to Microsoft. How did that happen? You know, moving from a early stage startup to a big company, I am a bit hesitant towards that. What have been your thought process? Yeah, I've, I've gotten that question so many times. And uh, I think the, the stark differences between you know, enterprise or huge corporate to startup is quite wide. Um, the things I miss about startup, uh, the things I don't miss about startup, um, I think for me, with, with that transition, I, I considered it a very huge transition. Um, and I no, I told myself, like, hey, um, just have an open mindset to it. Um, you know, don't set any expectations. Learn from the, you know, that transition experience. Uh, but I can say, <clears throat> um, you know, especially the fact that I was in startup world for quite a long time, uh, you know, I it's something I I voiced to, to my to my manager, and I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm not I'm new to this enterprise or corporate environment, and you know, I would need time to adjust to it." And I received quite a lot of support from from my manager, from my team, um, and in some ways, I would say my team. Uh, you know, it's, I think what the perception people have of you know, big companies like Microsoft and whatnot, is that they're very corporate. You know, there's this there's this assumption that uh, you know you you go to work in 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 a tie and suit and you know all those formalities, but it's actually not the case. Um, you know, and it's a it was quite a surprise. You know, just learning about the culture at Microsoft that has a lot of similarities to some of the cultural aspects um, of of startup and also. Some teams in Microsoft 
actually do operate like a startup um, with, you know, um, in terms of the, the fast paced nature of, of startup, in terms of, you know, the very, the kind of dynamic decision-making processes, um, and especially where, you know, the, the in products that are in very competitive um, environments. Yeah, so it's, it's been an interesting journey for me and uh, actually, uh, do mean to write about it in one of my LinkedIn posts, upcoming LinkedIn posts, because it's it's a very common question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I actually worked in a big company, uh, Airtel, for a couple of months. Airtel has presence in Africa too, uh, through Mpesa. Uh, but then I did not like it. I went to bigger companies like uh, Tokopedia is no means a startup which uh, ten now after merger 18 billion dollar company i worked in ptm which is another 30 billion plus company then i worked with uh, branch metrics which was another unicorn i worked with PayPay in japan which was another unicorn but when i have to go to corporate companies and googles microsoft and i just become a bit hesitant so that is my thought process. And now I'm doing my start own startup. So I'm seeing the chaos and entire journey. It is quite learning in itself. And Charles, uh, coming to the main question. So I have seen uh, a lot of startups coming up in Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, Egypt, uh, South Africa. I know friends in South Africa. And what I hear is there is a, a lot of good engineering talent. I'm I am yet to come across people who are satisfied with the product management talent. So please do share what it is uh, the product management culture and scene in Kenya. Yeah, sure, and, and thank you for that question. So yes, you're right. Um, Africa has amazing engineering talent and. You know, the last couple of years, it's it's been growing at a very tremendous rate, uh, to the extent that uh, you know some of the companies I've worked or in the past, like Andela, um, to date have been able to open up opportunities, global opportunities for engineering talent based in Africa. So, with that in mind, you know, um, a lot of people tend to think of you know, engineers first and then maybe PMs later. So there's actually a very um, a really close-knit product community in, in, in Africa and their pockets in, let's say, Kenya, in, in Nigeria, in South Africa, um, in Ghana, in Egypt, um, you know, and several of these product managers come together to form a community. Um, I'm a member of a few of these communities and just looking at the rate at which you know, the memberships of, of these communities are growing is an indicator to me that this PM community in Africa is growing at a really steady pace, at a really good pace. So you know, what is it like being a PM in, in Africa or in Kenya? Um, yeah, so, they're not as many PMs as there are engineers, obviously. And I think that's why probably we, we're very close-knit. We sort of 
know each other really well, um, or at least are able to connect with each other um, very well. Um, so a lot of startups, a lot of companies in Africa um, you know, typically have not had a product manager or product management function or role. However, that function or role has been taken up by either one of co-founders or a co-founder, or at least somebody in the business who assumes the role of the product manager. So uh, I've mentioned a couple of times on LinkedIn, the, the product role you know, has been one of those roles that have existed since time immemorial. Anything that you know, somebody has thought through in terms of how will it work? Um, how do we need to adjust it? How do we need it to work for a particular persona or customer? That person is a product manager. And it, it, it's the simplest things that you know, we take for granted, like you know, the, the cup of tea I'm drinking, you know, the, 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 the equipment I'm using, anything. As long as somebody has thought of how to mold or craft something that will be used by um, a customer or a persona who's in need of it or is solving a problem for them, that's a product manager. So, uh, you know, as my, uh, we, we may not have, or some companies may not have uh, somebody with a title product manager, but I can guarantee you yeah. there's somebody who is assuming the role of a product manager. It's only recent now, in the last four or so years now, many companies are being deliberate about the need of a product role. Many companies are recognizing uh, you know, the, the benefits, the ROI of investing in a product role. And you know, I, I see a lot of startups coming up with product roles already factored in, and that makes me really happy. Um, the fact that these new roles or these opportunities uh, you know, um, are, are creating that interest in either people who want to transition or you know, people who are looking for these these opportunities in these upcoming startups and companies. So it's it's a growing community. It's a very vibrant community. There are a lot of people who you know are active with uh, you know evangelizing product management um, in Africa. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the future and the and the caliber of products that we're going to see in the next you know couple of years uh, going forward. I totally agree on that. In India, what we are seeing is people picking product management as their first job as compared to engineering, people transitioning from all fields because everyone wants to build something. And that's a very good insight that product management has been the one of the oldest jobs, if not oldest. Just the title has been coming now. Uh, there will be a demand supply issue because if everyone becomes a uh, creative thinker and you know defining what to build we need people who will build so let's see how that uh, plays out and also i think uh, when you have huge supply quality is something which becomes important we have seen in india there have been tons of engineers but very few good engineers tons of designers but very few good designers and that Similar thing which we are seeing in product management also. But uh, I agree, especially in Africa, when there are small pockets, as you mentioned, and limited PMs, the exchange of idea becomes very 
uh, EV and communication and that we have seen uh, I was recently talking to someone in Pakistan they also have very limited pockets like Lahore, Islamabad and so on and then they are able to talk. Uh, another question which I have Charles is along with community how does culture plays the part in product management in Kenya for example I'll give you in Japan the focus is very much about making sure on the finer details and quality of the product because they are very passionate about what they're shipping. They don't afford even one bug, delays and so on. Uh, in Indonesia, it is affected by Muslim population and so on. How is culture in Kenya affected by product, uh, product management? That's a great question. Thank you. So culture-wise, um, and especially in product, um, so Africa is a market that you know, it's budding with ideas, and there's a lot of you know, there are a lot of people doing you know, discovery, product discovery, you know, trying to validate certain product ideas and whatnot. And I think when it comes to culture, the first thing that comes to mind is know how the, the how product managers are inquisitive how how they're curious about certain problems that they're working in or environments in which these problems occur in and the ability to ask the right questions in, in the right tone to, to various audiences i think that that level of curiosity from my observation that that level of curiosity and you know being very inquisitive has led to the growth of some amazing products that have come out of africa and secondly i would say you know the, there's a social aspect of who a product manager is you know a, a product manager is a kind of person who literally talks to everyone yeah, you know, if if you're not talking to everyone uh, in terms of like your stakeholders, your customers, your competitors, um, you know, it'll be very hard to kind of execute your role as a PM. And you know, I I, I relate that to you know, the the kind of social culture we have in Africa, the kind of um, you know social interaction and engagement we have in Africa, um, and for a PM to be able to relate to you know, the, the audience they're talking to. I think that's that's another, you know, um, another underrated you know, cultural aspect that PMs have, have observed PMs, especially in Africa, you know, really utilize. And, and it boils down to, um, you know, I've, I've, I've observed, and a few PM friends of mine, when it gets down to talking to the customers, you know, something as simple as, let's say, engaging your customer in a different language that they're comfortable with. Yeah. You know, um, English is a second language to, or third language to a lot of folks in Africa. So obviously not everyone is very comfortable with it, but as a PM, you know, being able to, being able to adjust the, the nature in which you communicate to your to your customers, and if you choose to use a different language that they're more comfortable with. So, 
for instance, in Kenya, most people can speak at least three languages comfortably. So English, Swahili, and a mother tongue language. And I got an opportunity to observe a PM who was talking to his customers. And he, you know, inquired if he could switch to that customer's mother tongue, uh, you know, and it completely changed the tone of the conversation. Yeah. They're more comfortable, they're more open, uh, you know, and I think we already sensed, you know, with English, the customer was a bit intimidated and you know, it just totally changed the conversation. So I, th I think those are the two cultural aspects. I would, I would say, you know, looking at how, how PMs are working in Africa and how you know, um, the, the culture in Africa, um, as far my observation, um, has, has been useful for PMs. Definitely. I think not just customers, language also plays part when you are doing stakeholder management. Like uh, I was in Indonesia and then people speak Bahasa. But when you are talking to someone Indian and you switch to Hindi, it's easier to get things done, easier to convince people. So I think language barrier is something which is going to be very human and it, it is not going to go away anytime soon. Exactly. Uh, that is going to be there. And even if everyone knows English, you in order to do informal discussions, you switch to your common language, whatever it might be. Uh, so that is definitely there. Uh, and one last question. I mean, you know, people generally think about going to work in Singapore, USA, Europe, and other developed nations. What I have seen after working in Indonesia that a lot of innovation actually is happening in the developing nation where they are still solving the problems. The problem which are in developed countries, they are more or less solved and just improvements happening. But when you go to develop, developing nations, they are solving it from ground up. So do you think there are any misconceptions or uh, regarding working in Africa or Kenya, which people might have? And if so, if you would share what are the benefits of coming and working in Kenya? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, and especially in a world where, you know, things like social media and you know, just general forms of media are perceived out there, uh, there are definitely misconceptions. Uh, I think about every part of the world, let me put it that way. Um, and working in Kenya or in Africa, um, in some ways, maybe very similar to, let's say, working in a first world country, and in some ways, very different from working in a first world country. I'd say the first thing I'd, I'd mention is about personal preference. You know, um, at the end of the day, you know, when it boils down to the individual, the things that they do like the things that they do not like. And I think just being very open about what you like or what you don't like um, is a great start to figuring out, you know, um, if, if you're looking to relocate or if you're looking to move to, to another continent or another country or into moving into Africa. Uh, secondly, I would say, you know, just 
being cognizant of the, the cultural aspects of where you intend to go to work. Also being cognizant of, you know, different economic situations or different, you know, um, um, ways of living that may not be the same from, let's say, your country of origin. So for instance, um, a great example, there's a thriving tech community in Africa. It's growing at a very rapid rate. And of course, mm -hmm. due to this, there are more global opportunities for people who are based in Africa. And they may choose to either work from here or they may choose to, let's say, relocate again down to personal preferences. So one of the things, let's say, that is still in development, you know, is, is still, you know, um, in, in, in some ways, maybe not very developed and whatnot, is something like infrastructure. And the lack of, let's say, infrastructure that's similar to, you know, pastoral countries does not mean that you're not able to, to work. You're not able to execute, you know, your roles and stuff. One of the things I love about Africa when it comes to infrastructure is, and in especially the, the pods, the technology pods around various cities is the availability of fast and reliable connectivity. I mean, that's a gateway to countless of opportunities um, online. And I think as Africans, we take that for granted. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of cities outside of Africa that you know don't have a very reliable um, internet connectivity, internet connection, and we take that for granted. Yeah. And I'm sure the vice versa. <laughs> there are tons of examples that uh, you know you can you can assimilate to. So, for me, I think it's just being self-aware about what preferences you know you have. What, what you like, what you don't like. And then also just being open to learning something from this new environment that you're looking to go into, the new culture, new people, new ways of talking, you know. And we're in a world where you know, it's it's a it's a it's an interconnection of so many cultures. And the most important thing you can do in that situation is being aware about what culture you're representing and being open to accepting other people's culture yes. and just being able to relate to that. Um, there's always something I can learn from your culture. There's always something you can learn from my culture. And that, that's where the world is going right now. Um, yeah, and obviously with a lot of remote work um, that has been happening in the last um, you know, uh, year or so, obviously due to the pandemic, a lot of distributed teams are now being formed from a lot, a lot more, you know, um, cultural pockets or diverse cultures. So you'll be in a Slack group or a Slack channel or community with people from what five to ten, even more countries, and you, you learn from each other. So just to answer your question, yes, there there are a lot of assumptions. There are a lot of, you know, um, truths to to these different parts of the world that we, we may we may be able to work in, 
I think it's just being aware about what you like, being aware about the reality of what you're going to find in that new culture or in that new environment, and just having an open mind to to learning that new culture and exchanging also and teaching people your culture as well. Yeah. So I totally agree and honestly about the internet connectivity, I traveled and I really agree outside developing nations, internet sucks and it's super expensive. Like in India, it is like four or five dollars and you get unlimited internet at 4G, like huge speed. Uh, and that too, now it became expensive, earlier it was free. Uh, even in Indonesia, but when you go to USA, you are paying $20, $30, and that too, very shitty yeah. speed, and I was like, what is happening? And I have heard similar situation in sure. Europe, and I think this is one thing which we take for granted and enjoy, that yeah. you are not going to miss out on internet unless until you are in a remote part of your country. You are going exactly. to miss out internet. But that uh, that is missing in other countries, uh, and I totally agree that there are misconceptions about India also, Africa also, USA also. I'll tell you one misconception, which is other way around. People think Silicon Valley is all happy and glowing and shining and everything, and I know tons of people who land there and they. I like, oh, I thought this will be the future city, but it is not, right? Yeah. Uh, rather, I'll prefer Singapore over California, but that's another topic. So that is misconceptions. I think talking to someone, knowing the reality and be willing to accept that reality. Are you okay with that? Is a very good point, uh, Charles. And with that, I, that was the last question and thanks a lot for sharing your journey as well as giving insight on Kenya and African culture and product management. Uh, we'll be publishing it out soon. And any closing thoughts from your side? Just to say thank you as well for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, it was such a lovely chat with you and uh, yeah. you know uh, the topics, the, the many topics we've discussed are uh, you know, um, very exciting to me. and. And even just to thank you for the work that you're doing um, with you know, just evangelizing product management, surfacing different stories from around the world from product managers. Um, uh, that's that's some really good work that you're doing, and just to encourage you to like don't stop, thank just you. continue doing it. Yeah, and thank you so much.